Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hello and welcome to Nick's Nerd News. I'm your host, Nick. With Comic-Con over, you'd think the news has slowed down, but in reality, it hasn't. Tonight's top stories include video games, movies, and television. Nick also reviews Once Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the new Quentin Tarantino film, and also has thoughts about many other topics. Again, welcome to Nick's Nerd News. Let's get to the news desk. But obviously, first, we got to do our normal spiel that I'm um, sure you guys are tired of listening to week in, week out, not just on this podcast, but probably just about every other podcast in existence and YouTube show. Click like and subscribe. But honestly, though, check me out on, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Nick's Nerd News. I'm always posting funny memes and pictures there. Also, gameplay vids from time to time. Also, check us out at nixnerdnews.com, where you can listen to the show right in your browser if you like. Or if you prefer to listen to us on the go, links to the show's Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play locations are all there as well. Anyway, let's get down to business to defeat the news what's funny is there's no mulan news this week <laughs> anyway wolfenstein young blood came out last week and uh, friday actually so about 2 days ago and still's got that wolfenstein the wolfenstein blood in it It feels like Wolfenstein, the new Colossus. It plays very much the same, considering it's technically a a sequel to it. More like a... Almost like what New Dawn did to Far Cry 5. uh, Or Far Cry Primal did to Far Cry 4. And it's set up a little differently than that one. This one is more... uh, Not open world, but not not as linear, if you will. Uh, You get to kind of choose your missions, and they all take place in in different sections of the map, really. And some people have described it as looter shooter. Um, I I wouldn't say that so much. I'm, I'm not feeling it at all, really. And I do like the two, the two main characters. You can kind of choose between them. Uh, they're B.J. Blaskovitz's son or daughters' sons, daughters, uh, Jess and Sophia, if I'm not mistaken. And they're searching for their father, B.J., the the main character from the first two games, or all the Wolfenstein games, if if you will. And I don't I don't know. I feel like it's it's missing something. And. I don't know if it's because I maybe I was like sick this weekend or not, but every time I would play, I'd get kind of like lightheaded when I'd sprint around and things seemed to be moving really, really fast. And I, I don't know if that, like I said, I don't know if that had to do with me doing being sick or maybe something's off with the frame rate on the game. But 
I, I just couldn't sit down and play it for more than six or seven hours at a time. And granted, that's a lot. But in reality, I was probably only playing for four, so I probably put eight hours into the game at most. And maybe I've gotten a third of the way through. And and again, it's just, it's like New Colossus 0.5. Like it's a 2.5 game, really. But uh, didn't cost, did not cost $60. It was not a $60 game. It was a $30 game to my surprise. I thought it was at least $40. And I, I, I don't know. It's, is it worth your money? Probably not. Am I going to play a lot of it? Yes, because it's Wolfenstein and I have no no issue killing Nazis. But in, in all fairness, I don't think I could honestly give you guys a score, even a playing in progress, just because I, I haven't put really enough into it. Uh, probably next week I'll, I'll give uh, an update on it and see how, see how I'm doing. Just because I want to knock out this backlog. So... That's happening. Anyway, Hideo Kojima was being interviewed. And, uh, you know, Keanu Reeves is in the news everywhere right now. And he mentioned that Keanu Reeves, actually, he wanted to get Keanu Reeves to star in Death Stranding. And it was Guillermo del Toro, his good friend, and collaborator on the game stepped in to push for Norman Reedus instead so more than likely if that had happened Keanu probably wouldn't have been in cyberpunk I can tell you that right now that uh, that would have been very interesting to see who CD Projekt Red would have gotten instead because I think they kind of wrote the character with Keanu in mind. wonder if it would have been delayed at all, actually. Who knows? Who knows? Sam Lake, the boss at Remedy, uh, also the main writer at Remedy. You know, he wrote, wrote a lot of their games. Max Payne 1 and 2, Alan Wake, Quantum Break. I don't know if he wrote Control, more than likely, or had his hand in it, at least. And he said, uh, he was being interviewed by Ryan McCaffrey at IGN on, on his Unfiltered podcast, where he kind of sits down with with uh, game exec execs, essentially. And Ryan McCaffrey, who also hosts IGN's Xbox podcast, which... I thoroughly enjoy, and it's one of the inspirations for me here. Anyway, side note, uh, Ryan hosts their Xbox podcast, so obviously he asked about Alan Wake, considering Remedy just got the rights back from Microsoft. And Sam Lake did mention he would totally love to make Alan Wake 2. Unfortunately, it's just not in the cards anytime soon. And, and that's unfortunate. Alan Wake, I've said before, is Probably one of the best games on, on Xbox 360. I'm pretty sure it's backwards compatible. And it it was it was a very underrated game. If you have the chance to either pick up a copy 
or get it on the Xbox Store or somewhere. I don't even know if it's in Game Pass or not. Alan Wake, though, very, very underrated game. Totally worth the price of admission. Uh, probably don't play it at night because you might get freaked out. It's got a very Twin Peaks vibe to it. And I, I was I was going crazy about this game when it first came out, I remember. Yeah, it's very different. I've talked about it on the show before. Like I said, there there's no guns really. I mean, there are some guns, but your main weapons have to do with light. So flashlights, flare guns, things like this. If, if we ever got an Alan Wake 2, I, I would definitely be first in line. And, and I hope Sam Lake gets the opportunity to do that at Remedy now that they have now that they have it their the rights essentially again. That's it though, on that subject. As I tend to wax poetic a lot about that game. Uh, after many rumors and hints and teases, Team Rocket is now officially in Pokemon Go. So if you happen to be strolling around and see a Pokestop that tends to be a different color than normal, if you click on it, you'll find that it has been turned into a Team Rocket Pokestop and that the Pokemon are like miscolored and they're like dark or shadow or some nonsense like that because, you know, Team Rocket has interfered with them. So if... You're looking for another reason to go back if you stop playing. Now's your chance. I mean, they're up to Gen 4 on Pokemon Available, which is insane. They're going at a record pace, even though they're not really adding all of them. Uh, so that that's what's going on, if you're interested, still. Ubisoft announced that the Division 2 DLC DC Outskirts is now available. Uh, for those who pre-ordered the game and got the the year one pass, it will be available to all uh, starting in two days on July 30th. So if you're looking to hop into that, that is now available. I have not had a chance to get into that yet. Uh, I, I hope to get into it sometime this week, but again, I'm probably going to be playing Wolfenstein, so we'll, we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. Uh, it's going to add some new missions and some other things of that nature. Uh, new gear, weapons, stuff like that. And also, it's uh, been blowing up a lot. You know, a lot of Nintendo Switch users have been saying that they've ex been experiencing Joy-Con drift, which is where, uh, despite either holding the joystick or... Uh, pushing it in one direction, it will actually lazily list to the left or right. And a, a class action lawsuit was actually started, essentially. But uh, Nintendo actually came out and said that they are going to repair Joy-Con Drift for free. They will be taking action in regards to it. And they also said they will re-refund any previous path, uh, repairs. Uh, this is per Vice, which is the last place I would expect it. Customers will no longer be requested to provide proof of purchase for Joy-Con repairs. Additionally, it is not necessary to confirm warranty status. If a customer requests a refund for previously paid Joy-Con repair, 
missing some lines here. Confirm the prior repair and then issue a refund. Uh, also, uh, there's to guide switch owners complaining about Joy-Con drift through troubleshooting steps, but if that doesn't solve the issue, they're to issue a repair at no charge. Uh, this was confirmed. Like I said, there's uh, a lot of things, a lot of things going on with that. That kind of blew up in the recent weeks on, on Reddit and other internet forums. And, you know, people were being charged up to 40 bucks for repair, which in the scheme of things isn't, isn't a whole lot. But when it's half the cost of the controller, that's a little different. And for something that's, that's only been out a, uh, a year and a half, two years now, it, it's pretty sad that there's Joy-Con drift. There, there shouldn't be Joy-Con drift, to, or joystick drift. That's the brakes when the controller is this almost the same name. I've had a controller on my Xbox for three or four years, and there's no, there's no joystick drift. I have a PlayStation 4 controller that I've had for four years. There's no joystick drift. Okay, that, that shouldn't be happening at all, really. Maybe after seven, eight years, I can understand it. Not two or less. And, and I, 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 don't, I don't know what, what, what's going on. That, that just shouldn't be happening. Especially on something that's meant to be handheld and used a lot, especially by kids. That, that's a little little sad for that to happen but at least at least they noticed nintendo they noticed it was happening and have uh, are willing to fix it for free essentially uh, and speaking of switch japan is getting their very own disney themed switch that will have purple and pink joy cons and some other disney flair on it uh, but again, it's only going to be in Japan. It will not be released in the United States, which which is unfortunate. Also, final final bit of gaming news for this week. Id Software announced that Doom 1, 2, and 3 are now available on Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. So if, if you are a fan of the originals, or if you, you had them previously, at least on Xbox, you get them with backwards compatibility... Otherwise, you can go and get them now and play them on modern consoles with controllers. I think they're on PC as well, if I'm not mistaken. So if you are a fan of the original Doom games or even like the new one and never played the old ones, now's your chance to check those out. Moving on to television. I recently started watching Umbrella Academy on Netflix. That was a Netflix exclusive or Netflix produced show uh, came back out back in February. Just getting around to it now. It's based off a Dark, Har Dark Horse comics series, and I, that this show is amazing. I finished it today actually, and it's about a a rich billionaire who adopts seven children, uh, part of a group of forty three who are all miraculously born one day in October of nineteen eighty nine. And it turns out that these seven have supernatural abilities. And uh, they're raised as a superhero team, the Umbrella Academy. Uh, of course, this takes place in, in this quasi-retro future modern day that looks like, as, as if it's like in the middle of the 80s, even though the show started in 89. Like There's computers, 
but then there's no cell phones, but there's pay phones. It, it, it's weird, but it's fun. And all seven of them have different powers. Uh, one of them is number five, who has the ability to like jump through time and things. He's right now my favorite character. The show did get renewed for a second season, which I'm guessing is a year or two off. The casting is great. The 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 chemistry between them is, is really good. I know I'm talking about a show six months after the fact, but it, it's fresh. I liked it. Uh, their goal is to kind of stop the apocalypse. It's fun to watch and, and kind of see how, how things play into that. Really makes me want to jump in and, and read the, the, the graphic novel or uh, trade paperback of it now because it, it seems like a really interesting series. So it's, it's something I definitely recommend. Uh, we still have some some Comic Con news that that came out later after the fact, obviously because there was so much at Comic Con, it was hard to silt through everything. Uh, but at, announced at Comic Con is that season two of Ducktales, uh, the the rebooted Ducktales, will actually be getting appearances from a lot of your Disney afternoon favorites, including uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, Darkwing Duck was already on it last season. Uh, he he'll be back. Uh, some characters from Tailspin, things like this. So I expect uh, that to happen this season on DuckTales. Um, I'm sure premiering not too far from now. Uh, also announced at Comic-Con is that the Orville, Seth MacFarlane's like, Star Trek type show is moving to Hulu for the third season. Uh, the third season will have a bit of a delay before premiere. Uh, but now it will officially be moving to Hulu, where you can also catch the previous shows. And I'm sure part of that has to do with the Disney-Fox merger, and Fox probably produced it, and Disney owns a lot of that stuff now, so including Hulu. Makes sense, makes sense. On top of that, though, Hulu is also being rumored to getting a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy show. You know, don't panic, carry on, always have your towel, things like this. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy... Uh, one of my favorite movies from the mid two thousands. A lot of the uh, a lot of good British actors are in it. Uh, the the main one being played by Martin Short, uh, as you know from Sherlock and the Hobbit trilogy. He plays Arthur Arthur Dent in in the in the movie. Uh, most deaf is in it. Things like this. I wonder how the the show would turn out. And HBO was speaking after the fact. You know, they had a panel. Uh, D&D or David Benioff and Dan Weiss, or D.B. Weiss, I should say, uh, chose to not go to Comic-Con at the last minute. And, you know, there was backlash about that. But but HBO said that the backlash against the final season has, has not interfered with production on the prequel at all. They haven't changed their minds on anything. Uh, granted... From what we've seen, it looked like the backlash online was from a, a small mo vocal minority. Uh, granted, people are going to be mad anyway. It's the end of a, a show, and it didn't end the way they wanted it to end. I just... <sighs> this is all I have to say. Uh, we also got another new Watchmen trailer, uh, and some, some news came out regarding... Uh, Watchmen and the cast and things like this. Gene uh, Smart, who's who's in it, is confirmed to be playing an older Silk Spectre. Uh, we also got some confirmation on how 
Uh, it will tie in. I guess it is in 2019. I thought it was going to be in the 90s for some reason. Uh, and, and they kind of confirm that it's a direct sequel to the graphic novel. And that Robert Redford is president and has been president since 1992 when... Uh, after Nixon, who had been president for like five or six terms in the comics, uh, they abolished term limits uh, again, I guess. So, that's a thing. I wonder if they're going to get Robert Redford to be in the show, uh, considering they're dropping his name like that. And I, I mean, it was hinted at in the comic as well. Uh, whereas in the movie, they they played it off as Ronald Reagan, uh, granted since the movie came out after the fact. But that's neither here nor there, really. And uh, HBO also confirmed that his Dark Materials show uh, will equal one season, will equal one book uh, that's based off uh, his Dark Materials books. Uh, you, you might know it as The Golden Compass. That movie came out about a decade ago. And uh, this show is looking to adapt it now for, for television. I think it's a co-production between the BBC and HBO. The trailer makes it look really awesome. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's in it. Uh, Daphne Keene, who who stole the show in Logan a couple of years ago. So, that's happening. Uh, John Favreau was being interviewed, and he said that he did speak to George Lucas, and that the best advice George gave him was to remember that Star Wars is for the kids, for the kids that are growing up, for the kids that will be able to pass it on to their kids, and to focus on that when making The Mandalorian. Now, I hope... That means they aren't going to go too kiddy, which they kind of did with Rebels in the beginning. And they went like extreme kid-friendly with uh, Star Wars Resistance. Was that what? Yeah, that show. And I, I just, I wish it still has an air of, of, a, a, of adultness to it. It's probably not the right word. But I, I just, I, I, I just wish that it, it doesn't lean into that. And granted, with the cast they got and the production value they're sinking into it, I, I don't think I, I don't I don't think they're gonna go too heavily into that. And granted, I'm sure he just meant that as not hyper violent, not hyper realistic. Keep it toned down, if you will, in terms of of gore and language and things like this. So I, I think I think they could keep it grounded. They could probably still push for a closer to a PG-13 rating. It is online. It is streaming. I know it's a Disney service. But, I mean, they did put out Rogue One. They did put out Last Jedi. Some of these have a little bit more adult themes than some previous Star Wars movies. So, uh, it, it's not out of out of the realm of possibility, if, if, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, also had some more rumors coming out about the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover for the Arrowverse. This time rumoring that Linda Carter will be reprising her role as Wonder Woman uh, from the old 70s show. Uh, she's already been on Supergirl as the president playing a different character. Uh, I wonder if they, they tie that into bringing her back in that capacity in some way. And then also heavily rumored um, is Tom Welling back as Superman. Tom Welling was already Superman in the Smallville television series, or playing Clark Kent. I'd be interesting. I know he has mentioned that he would be willing to suit up once again. Uh, and he's already been in the DC TV fold. Or he's continued to be in the DC TV fold 
uh, as appearing on Lucifer as Cain, you know, the son of, of Adam and Eve. And it'd be interesting to see if they got him back as Superman for the crossover. That would just make it really, truly a real crisis on Infinite Earths, bringing in as many, many, many heroes as possible. Uh, I, I do hope that turns out to be true. We'll find out later in the fall. Uh, probably closer to Christmas time, though. Netflix announced that they have renewed Big Mouth for three more seasons. Uh, that's the Nick Kroll, John Mulaney show. Uh, animated, that is. Uh, and on top of that, they also announced... Uh, speaking of Lucifer, we are already around. Uh, Netflix had picked it up for a fourth season after Fox had canceled it. And now they announced that... Uh, a while back, they announced that they were going to give it a fifth and final season... And now they've announced that they've increased the order of episodes from 10 to 16 to give it a really proper send-off and, and, and give it as much time as it could possibly need to, to finish on the right footing. And, and I welcome that. As I've stated before, it's one of my favorite shows. My mom and I watch it together. It's something we have. Uh, so, th so that's always good, you know. That's always good. And uh, speaking of Netflix, I, I didn't want to talk about this last week, but uh, got kind of swept under the rug. Uh, we got new trailers and release dates for uh, Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling, which was previously previously going to air on Nickelodeon and then went to Netflix. And Invader Zim Enter the Florpus. They're both coming in August. Uh, Rocco will come on the 9th. And then uh, Invader Zim will come on the 16th. So we'll be talking about those in a couple weeks. And then uh, last bit of uh, TV news. I, I think we talked about it this last week or last year on the show. Uh, Amazon finally released a teaser image for season two of Jack Ryan starring John Krasinski. Uh, no trailer, unfortunately. No no word on release date. But that will be coming soon if, if they're going to start ramping up. Uh, start ramping up uh, marketing if you will, on the show. I loved the first season. I thought it was really good. Got me really into Jack Ryan. I, I can't say that I've ever really seen a Jack Ryan movie with the exception of parts of Some of All Fears and parts of The Hunt for Red October. So I, I do want to experience a little bit more of that. I'm, I'm game with John Krasinski as a super spy. Uh, that's it for TV, though, really. And... Uh, glad you guys were here to talk about that. Uh, and just kind of, as we always do at the end of every month, uh, what's coming and going from Netflix. Uh, granted, by the time you hear this, it will be August 1st. So a lot of these things will be live. Uh, leaving Netflix, though, on on August 1st, or when you're listening. Uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Hot Fuzz, Scarface, The Fifth Element, Zombieland. The Founder, the movie about Ray Kroc and McDonald's, leaves on the 2nd. And then uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, as we mentioned before, is leaving August 20th. So you do have time to catch that movie if you've never seen it. I love it. It's funny. Uh, those, those are just some of the things leaving. Obviously, there's a whole lot more. I just like to pick things that pertain to my audience, if you will. Uh, but being added on August 1st are Rockies 1 through 5. Uh, or, you know, Rocky Balboa is five. Sebastian Maniscalco has a new stand-up premiering on August 6th. Uh, the third season of Glow, the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling show, will premiere on the 9th of August. 
As previously mentioned, the Rocco's Modern Life Static Kling movie will be on the 9th. Invader Zim Enter the Florpus movie on August 16th. The Punisher movie, the 2004 one with Thomas Jane, which I think is the better of the two, uh, will come to Netflix on August 17th. Gangs of New York will be August 20th. And then the Dark Crystal series uh, will premiere on August 30th, which is a Friday at the end of the month. So be on the lookout for that. And let's, uh, let's head on over to the silver screen as we continue our show. Uh, some news out of Disney. Marvel has earned them over $18 billion since they purchased them for $4 billion a number of years ago. And speaking of Marvel... Phase 5 has already been planned out, so they know essentially what movies are going to be in it, how the story, overarching story, will play out. So uh, no shortage of Marvel movies over the next decade, again, as we enter Decade 2 of the Marvel-Disney merger and Marvel movie dominance. Aladdin hit a billion dollars at the box office, which... Also helps Disney break the record for box office returns in a calendar year. Uh, they have hit $7.67 billion as of this week, which uh, breaks their previous record of 20, in 2016, which was $7.61 billion, uh, also held by Disney, as I mentioned. And let, let's just think about this for a second. They broke their record from 2016 and it's only July. Okay? The Lion King just came out. You have Frozen 2 coming out this year. Maleficent. And Star Wars Rise of the Sky... Or uh, The Last Skywalker. That That's at least two or three more movies that can hit another billion. So this year is going to be a record year for Disney and cinema in general. So... Uh, that's insane. Disney's looking to make almost $10 billion by the end of this year in ticket returns alone. And when I say ticket returns, I don't mean people returning their tickets. I mean the return on investment, the ROI. That's insane. That is insane. Uh, and then also, just a quick thing with the, the MCU, Thor is being confirmed to take place before Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Per James Gunn. So Taika will probably film Thor 4. And then they will get on to Guardians of the Galaxy 3. No word yet on if Chris Hemsworth will be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. As hinted at the end of Endgame. Uh, spoiler there for you. Uh, Dave Bautista, never one to shy away from, from speaking the truth. Recently tweeted out uh, as out on his crusade to play... Marcus Phoenix in a Gears of War movie uh, recently tweeted out that Hollywood could give a fuck about what the fans want or about that movie, uh, meaning he doubts he'll ever get cast if the movie ever does eventually get made. I know Rod Ferguson and the Coalition are working on something for it to be made. Uh, meanwhile, Terry Crews also tweeted support and said that he would love to be in a Gears movie as well. Uh, no stranger to video games, he was in this year's Microsoft-exclusive Crackdown 3. Uh, 
Uh, we got a trailer for Gemini Man, Ang Wan, or what's his name? Um, anyway, the new Will Smith movie uh, that's pretty much been in the works for like the last two decades. Um, Ang Lee, sorry, is the director. Uh, they were waiting on technology essentially to catch up to allow uh, two, uh, the act, an actor to play himself and a younger version of himself on the same screen and make it look realistic. Uh, essentially, Will Smith is being hunted by his younger self. Looks interesting. Looks really cool. I, uh, I'm i down to watch. I know Ang Lee. I'm not a big fan of all his movies, but I know he knows how to direct a good movie. So that one has a high bar alone. George Miller was being interviewed. Uh, promises that more Mad Max movies are on the way, including a possible Furiosa-only movie, probably starring Charlize Theron. I loved Max, Mad Max Fury Road. That was probably one of the best movies that came out that year, if not already the best movie that came out that year. And if you get a chance to own the film, there is a version where you can watch it in black and white, and that changes the game. And if I'm not mistaken, there's another version that's black and white and only the score... And that's just, that is, is film at its finest right there. Oh man, I, I, I'd love to see that. He hasn't been doing anything since then, so it's nice to have George Miller back and around. Also got a trailer for Zombieland 2 Double Tap. I am all in for this movie. Looks like they're moving into the White House, folks. Uh, they're expanding the cast a little, showing that more people are alive on on top of the, the four main characters, plus Bill Murray from the first one. And, uh, was it, I think it was Luke Wilson and Thomas Middletich, Middleditch, Middletich are in it. And they're almost like an exact opposite of Woody Harrelson and, uh, oh man, what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg's characters. Uh, not opposites, but like almost like clones of them like bizarro versions trailers hilarious though so I, I would definitely go check that out uh, also before comic-con we got a trailer for cats the movie cats i think we talked about this last week if i'm not mistaken but but who the fuck at universal okayed them to do that I read somewhere that Cats has always been about, like, making people feel uncomfortable, but that's, like, next level uncomfortable, and it just looks wrong. Like, just, you should have just kept them in the cat suits and, and the body suits and just make up, like, this is, ugh, it just, it doesn't look right. And I don't want to waste any more time talking about it. Vin Diesel tweeted out that he got a script for... Riddick 4, with a weird-ass title that I don't even remember because it was so weird. I wonder if that would actually happen, no. I got a trailer for the Mr. Rogers movie starring Tom Hanks. Looks amazing. Cannot wait to see this movie. Tom Hanks, like, nailed Mr. Rogers perfectly. And, oh man. Very, 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 very very reminiscent of my childhood and, and that's what it's supposed to invoke I mean so many people grew up with Mr. Rogers I mean he was on from the 60s to the 90s so that's going to touch a lot of people's hearts 
Sony has announced a short list for their Venom 2, one of which uh, the directors being Andy Serkis is apparently at the top of their list uh, to direct but not have any role in the film. Um, also got a trailer for Jojo Rabbit, which is Taika Waititi's new movie. And uh, he's playing Hitler. And there's a lot of comedians in this movie. Uh, go check that out for yourself. It looks it looks really funny. It's uh, it's hilarious that a uh, New Zealander uh, Polynesian Jew is is playing Hitler in a movie. Uh, so much so that they revitalized that old meme of Hitler like freaking out about different things, and it fits perfectly with this movie. Fits perfectly. Uh, also lost two great Hollywood legends this week. Uh, it is unfortunate. Uh, Rutger Hauer, famous for playing Roy Batty, the villain of Blade Runner, uh, passed away this past weekend. And we also lost Russie Taylor, the voice of Minnie Mouse, uh, for so many years. Uh, it is unfortunate that that we did lose them, but... They will never be forgotten as they did grace our screens for so long. So their their time will live on forever and, and, and ever, essentially. And, and uh, it was great to have them come into our lives in, in such pivotal roles. And with that, we move on to our final topic, um, movie-wise. Uh, and it's all about Quentin Tarantino. Uh, as you know, he's been working on a Star Trek. Um, and, and Shatner, of course, wants to, to reprise his role if possible. He threw his name into the ring. Uh, but Quentin Tarantino was being interviewed. And uh, he said it will take place in what's called the Chris Pine, time Chris Pine timeline to him. Or the Kelvin timeline to those more familiar with, with the Trek universe. Trekkies, Trekkers, things like this. Uh, he was on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast and said that um, it will take place in the Kelvin timeline. This is a quote. Uh, well, it's an idea. Then we got together and talked it out, and then we hired Mark Smith, who did The Revenant, to write the script. I don't know how much I can say. The one thing I can say is it would deal with the Chris Pine timeline. Now, I still don't quite understand, and JJ can't explain it to me, and my editor has tried to explain it to me, and I still don't get it, about something happened in the first movie that now kind of wiped the slate clean. I don't buy that. I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. I don't. Fuck that. I want the whole series to have happened. It just hasn't happened yet. No Benedict Cumberbatch, or whatever his name is, not Khan, all right? Khan is Khan, and I told JJ, like, I don't understand this. I don't like it. And then he was like, ignore it. Nobody likes it. I don't understand it. Just do whatever you want. If you want it to happen the exact way it happens on the series, it can. Well, that that's just ridiculous. It's funny that J.J. admitted that nobody likes it because he was never a Star Trek fan when he was young, so it was really weird that he was directing it to begin with. It was pretty much just his audition tape to get Star Wars, and then he fucked up Force Awakens. Got my eye on you for Last Skywalker, J.J. Very low bar for me right now or I have a very high bar set for you right now not low bar, high bar 
You need to meet my expectation. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Tarantino also said that he struggles with the concept of the Kelvin timeline. Uh, he expressed his desire. This is all per IGN and, and that pod, podcast. Uh, he does want to learn lean into the Abram verse. Uh, he said that Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto nailed their respective roles as Spock and Kirk. Uh, still don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, he also likened it to being a pulp fiction in space, if you will. Uh, the only issue with him directing this, uh, it would be his 10th film, which would, uh, he's always said that after 10 movies he would retire completely from film. And a lot of people are like, well, technically it's a loophole, is it not? Because you said 10 original projects, original IPs that are yours, not necessarily... Uh, someone else's, and, and he's kind of leaned into that. He's like, I don't know if I would do it. And it, it's it's interesting to see if if that would happen. And I, honestly, if, if he directed, if he directed uh, uh, Star Trek, I would like for him to come back and wake, make one more of his own movies. Uh, in, instead of that counting as his 10th and final movie. I, I don't know if if, uh, if I'd like him retiring on Star Trek. I would fully welcome a Tarantino Star Trek. Don't get me wrong. I just wish that wouldn't really be his end and he could use that loophole, if you will. Um, and speaking of a 10th movie as well, he admitted that him and Uma Thurman have been talking about making a third Kill Bill set sometime in the future. Uh, they're actively discussing it, plotting things out, timeline-wise, things like this. So that'd be fucking cool. That would that would be a nice send-off if that ends up being his last film. Um, but before we get to his... his uh, before we finish talking about his last film, let's, let's talk about his ninth film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I saw it today. This movie's amazing. Okay, it is great. It's not your typical Tarantino film. It's a bit of revisionist history, which kind of falls in line with Inglorious Bastards, if you will. Uh, not revisionist, but an alternate history. And it follows Brad Pitt, who is a stuntman and best friends with uh, the uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, who's an actor. Uh, it takes place in 1960. What is it? 1969. Uh, with DiCaprio playing Rick Rick Dalton, the, the character, and Brad Pitt playing Cliff Booth. Uh, also, uh, in a minor role is Margot Robbie, which I recently found out is how you actually say her name, uh, playing Sharon Tate, the woman famously murdered by the Manson family. But this movie gives you a nice picture into somewhat of a picture in, into Hollywood in the 1960s and, and actors who were facing a, a change in Hollywood, if you will. Uh, kind of like how it, it would affect some actors today, probably. Uh, the movie is masterfully crafted. It's a, it's a gorgeous movie to look at. Quentin Tarantino always loves to film on traditional film as well still uh, you know he's always made a focus of doing 35 millimeter and making sure 
you can go see it on on special theaters with uh, was it fifty millimeter film? What? Uh, no, I think it's still thirty five millimeter. Anyway, the story is really great, and uh, like I said, it, it's not your typical Tarantino movie, and I, I don't mean that as a bad thing. I mean it's it's a welcome change. It's it's actually really great. Uh, show you it shows you how versatile he is as a director, and how how he can masterfully craft different different types of things. Uh, granted, that does change a bit in the third act. I don't want to get too much into it. A lot of celebrity cameos in this movie, uh, but of them playing other celebrities that were famous back in the '60s. Uh, but a lot, a lot of fun watching this movie. There's a lot of good jokes. Uh, there's a lot of things that make you think as well. Uh, also, kind of helps. It it kind of gets rid of the stigma around uh, certain Hollywood types, but also at the same time makes you realize that uh, the Manson family was pretty fucking nuts at the same time as well, and it kind of helps paint a picture into that. Uh, it was a, a, a really good thing to see. Uh, uh, I don't remember her name now, but Uma Thurman and, and uh, Ethan Hawke's daughter, who played Robin in Stranger Things, she's she's in the film, so keep an eye out for her if you like Stranger Things. And... I, I just want to say, definitely go see this movie. I don't care if you guys don't like Tarantino movies that much. This is not like other ones. Uh, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Right now, it's my number one movie of the year. I, I, I think Endgame was up there before, but now this is this is definitely my number one movie of the year. It, it, it just tells a story in a way that you don't expect. And it allows for you to really understand... Like I said, uh, late 60s Hollywood life in a way that you probably didn't understand before. Um, but also just shows that how human like actors can really be. Granted, it's Leo who in reality is like one of the most over-the-top people in terms of like stories you hear about him. But Leo has only just be- Leo's always been an amazing actor, but he just keeps getting better and better as time goes on. And it... it and Brad Pitt, wow, wow, is all I'll say. He's he's perfect in it, and his his wit and dry humor just comes through perfectly in the role. I wouldn't be surprised if this movie gets nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Supporting. I would not be surprised at all. But that is it for most of Nixner news. Thank you guys for listening. We just have a couple more things to, to talk about here. Uh, Loot Crate announced that they will be doing a one-off uh, crate for Batman's 80th anniversary. That will ship later in the fall. They do have two options if you guys are interested in that. If you don't want to sign up for the monthly but just want to get one crate to celebrate something and you're a fan of the Dark Knight. Uh, they have a standard version and they have a version that comes with a premium jacket. Um, DC Comics also announced that they're doing uh, some one-off series called Tales from the Dark Multiverse, which will be essentially a continuation of the Dark Knight's Metal storyline. Uh, as of right now, they've announced two. Uh, the first one called Batman Nightfall, which is an alternate take on the Nightfall stories from the, the late 80s, early 90s, where Bane broke Batman's back and Asriel took over. Um, and then the second being the Death of Superman, 
And then this time, uh, Superman stays dead, but Lois Lane somehow gets powered up and goes on a rampage. So, uh, clearly taking cues from the Dark Multiverse. I would just wish they got gave us some more more expedition, exposition on, on the Dark Knights and uh, maybe some other Dark Knights that didn't show up in, in the comics. Like that new one they added that's almost like Punisher Batman. But we'll know for certain. And then this story I thought was really funny. I was at a Comic-Con, but a lot of fans had actually started a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter or something like that to pay for advertisements to, say, release the Snyder Cut, even so far as getting a plane to fly with a, a banner that says release the Snyder Cut at Comic-Con. Obviously, their attempts were all in vain, as we still don't have a Snyder Cut, but they did take a lot of the extra proceeds and, and donate it to a charity focusing on suicide prevention. As we know, Zack Snyder left the production of Justice League uh, late in production be, uh, due to the, the suicide of his daughter. Um, so that, that is, is uh, a really nice thing that they did, uh, considering they were just, uh, trying to bait Warner Brothers into something, but also made, made something good out of it as well. But that's it for Nick's Nerd News. Thank you to all my fans around the world who are listening, as well as those of you here right at home in the U.S., uh, as always, check us out on Instagram at uh, and Twitter and Facebook, Nick's Nerd News, or nicksnerdnews.com, where you can find links to all the show's social medias, or you can look at them all in one place. Uh, also on the website, nicksnerdnews.com, you can listen to the show right in your browser, or you'll find links to Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes if you prefer to listen to the show on the go. Thank you guys again. I'm your host, Nick. This was Nick's Nerd News. As always, you guys do you, fuck the haters, live your life how you want to live it, and I will catch you guys on the flip side.